0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's
1: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Zing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, Kid Presentable.
2: Hello, listeners and fellas.
1: Uh, No Lavender Gooms this week. Um, You know, on Saturday, something happened around 11.30 Eastern Time. Uh, Mike, I was on the phone with Mike. He yelled, yeah! And then, you know... Apparently, he took off his pants, hit the streets. We haven't heard from him since. so you know he's, he's still a, out there He's still out there.
0: the greater New York area. He's
1: still out there, man, still out there. um ladies and gentlemen, we would be remiss if we ignored everything that has been going on and got right into it. Obviously, the big news of the week is uh, that Tito Ortiz is now a city councilman in the city of Huntington Beach. kidding. So that's real bad boys in there. Not uh, kidding. In the sense that that was the big news, guys, people of Huntington beach y'all fucked up y'all fucked up, but that's a side note. Um, I mean, any, any
2: amount of fame can win you a cancelman seat. Like he got third and only three people got on. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, oh, okay. can you name one council member in your area? You're not paying attention to that shit. If you have any level of fame, you're going to win that seat.
0: Shout so out. I remember, that is the one where you get to pick three. So it's like, all right. You just look at the prof- – what, what do you think Ortiz's profession was? So they usually say, like, teacher, engineer, <laughs> um, retired punching bag.
1: Patriot, buddy. Oh, Patriot. okay. Shout out, though, to Mikey Hothi, or Hothi of Caesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, who's a reasonable adult. Part of the Nate Diaz, part of the Diaz fight team, actually, you know, isn't spouting off crazy conspiracy theories. Member of the Lodi City Council. All right, what I was gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, our long national nightmare has only got seventy-one more days. Um, the motherfucker's gone. He lost. It's incredible. Um, for those of you who might under not understand this, the relief in my voice, just you know. Wait for the most powerful man in the free world to ban people that look like you, a bunch of your relatives, and your family from entering the country, and you tell me how you 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 feel when it comes election time, okay? Um. Uh, Tuesday night when things weren't looking good, I'll be honest. I was just like, yeah, fuck everything. I I uh, fuck everything. Fuck everything. Fuck everything times a million. Uh God bless the fact that we count votes in this country Uh Legal votes Because every vote is legal Because they were, you know We're allowed to vote by mail It's magic um, So, you know, we all voted And I'd like them to count my vote And I just want to say thank you To the African American population The indigenous popula- population Pretty much all the populations Except for white people for love of God, white people, how does 60% of you vote for this asshole? Um, we're almost out of this, folks. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by the lies. Don't be distracted by all this bullshit. He lost. He knows he lost. And if they want to sell a pay per view, because when he says he's going to be taken out by force and he's going to be cut, taken out kicking and screaming, Mark, 100 bucks for that pay per view. Oh uh, yeah! Um, that's it. They got my money. That's the easiest sell. That, that's not a championship uh, fight
0: I'd rather see than. Yeah, you than know what? Donald Trump kicking in and screaming his way out. of If, if the undercard
1: true. is somebody poking Stephen Miller in the eyes, even Ugh. better. That's the one. Okay, um, I would. I would pay five hundred dollars just if, for two
0: Secret <laughs> Service guys. This to take like Stephen Miller in the back and just beat the shit out of that guy because he <laughs> has it coming.
1: Um. So. Yeah, uh, getting back to – I mean, I don't know if you guys want to say anything else about this before I get into the – loosely tie this into MMA. It feels good. It feels –
0: We we knew it wasn't going to be clean. We knew there was going to be lots of court fight. But just having the the election as we know it now, and it's not going to change, have it being called for Biden, just – it does feel very relieving because it was dicey. Even though I think – for me personally, it was like Biden always seemed like, okay, he's still – in a com- like somewhat of a commanding lead here, every time I looked at it, which I did not follow it minute by minute, but every time I checked, it was like, okay, he's still on top. This is way closer than it should be. It's insane why it's even remotely close. But I, the thing with Hillary in the last time was like, she was always behind, and I was like, oh, like, okay, maybe some stuff Yeah, least, no, was it,
1: like, it, it was 5 30 on the Tuesday with Hillary, and I was like, oh, we're fucked. Immediately, yeah, reflect and, and that <laughs> was a bad feeling. So it was always
0: like, okay, I need a miracle, and that thing never came. But here it was always like, okay, things look good. It just has to maintain. Just has to maintain, and it maintained. And you know, the American people spoke, and he's going to kick and scream, and he'll throw up all the b. And I mean, you, you know, it's bullshit for so many reasons. If you know anything about our electoral process and how people test it all the time to see if there's fr- there is two billion millions and millions and billions of dollars in these two different political parties that if something fishy was going on, they want to fucking know and figure it out and say, no, 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 this is bullshit. So, I mean, they've been testing the elections always, and they never found anything fraudulent. And then it's just Trump going out there and being like, it's all rigged. And people be like, where's the proof? And he's like, I read it online. Shut up. And he's just like, all right, dude, you have no argument. You have no evidence. It's just a bunch of bullshit because you're a child and you lost the game. And now they're they're trying to do the thing when you're playing with your friends. Like, no, 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 no. I have a superpower shield that blocks that. And it's like, no, dude. There's no bullshit here. This is adult time. the People have spoken and you lost. So he's gonna fight it. In his mind, he'll never lose. You know, he's he's gonna be... He's never gonna shut up about it, but we don't have to listen to him because he's not the fucking president anymore. He's just another douchebag out there. That's why I liked him before. He's just some failed idiot with a stupid show that I don't know why anyone ever... I never got the the premise of The Apprentice. Because so it was like, this guy's a giant failure. Why do you want to follow in him? Because. He sells steaks. Because for me, my biggest thing of Trump, I remember I was in middle school, late at night, watching an infomercial with this idiot saying like, "Trump steaks are so good. Look, and and honestly, I didn't even, I'm not a meat, like a, a, a steak guy anyways, but like, the steaks on the commercial look so dry and awful. <laughs> I was like, I don't like he, he likes
1: a well done steak, man. That's what he happens. Does. And that's
0: what he showed <laughs> on his commercial because it looked like the bullshit. And I was like, Man, this guy is so sad and pathetic. He's selling steaks. And then he had a show. And I was just like, I never got on board. You, you, you know what, man? When
1: I was a kid and um, I was happy to be raised by adults that, you know, didn't feed me bullshit. And they told me Donald Trump is just a failed businessman who takes one business after another into bankruptcy. But he dates models and shit. And we're all supposed to be impressed. And I kind of thought we all knew this. Like, I didn't know this was just, you know, I didn't know this was just a Rajabi family conversation. I didn't know this was, you know, I thought we as a society were aware we're laughing at the clown on the reality show. Turns out, people far stupider than I thought they were. Um, yeah. Literally, they sent out, the Democrats sent out the most milk toast, and I like Joe Biden. I'm biased. I went to Syracuse Law, you know, all those things. He's a very smart man in terms of foreign policy, but in terms of just general, like, what he is as a politician, he's just a old white dude who's a centrist, center of left, a little bit left of center. That's it, and it's uh, the most inoffensive center. I don't
2: even know, but like by by the de- by the like, definition
1: if- of American politics, he's easily left of center. So, yeah,
2: and by global politics, he's right. Like that's what we're actually dealing with. I mean, and, I mean,
1: okay, but still, like they literally put the most innocuous, least offensive candidate they could have fucking put up there, and it's still this close. So, um. He's going to be our next president, and I realize he said um, that we need to bring people together, and I get why he said that, because he's the president of the entire country, something the last guy didn't seem to understand, something the other 43 guys, be- other 44 guys before him did, all right? Say that the you will about any of those other people. They all recognize they're presidents of the whole fucking country, um, except Andrew Johnson, who really didn't like black people, really didn't like black people, um, but um, now me personally, Fuck all of you who voted for Trump. Fuck you personally. I hope the worst things in this life happen to you. Just know that. Um And let's just tie this to MMA. Um, here's the list of fighters that you can add to the list we won't be talking about ever again. Um One of them, the obvious one, still on the list. You know, the MAGA champion, still on the list. Masvidal, nice talking about you. Tito Ortiz, you didn't matter anyway. Eddie Alvarez, it's a shame. Uh, Michael Chandler, it's too bad, man. Too bad. He finally got some publicity. He's done. We're done here with that. Herschel Walker, eat a bag of dicks. Gina Carano, they replaced you with Sasha Banks on the show. Um, Pat Miletic? Okay. Hector Lombard? I named my goldfish after you, man. I named my goldfish, God rest his soul, after Hector Lombard. Uh I did not know Tara LaRosa still fights. That's also on the list. So there you go, folks. Um, Stefan, you have any thoughts <laughs> before we at- create the feign of being an MMA podcast? Um, I
2: feel like if you wanted my thoughts, it should have been before the um, I Hate All the People soapbox. Oh, but, sorry. But, uh, I,
1: I kind of, I, well, your dog started barking and then shit happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, just a kind of quick thoughts on it. It's like, for the first time in a long time, my existential dread and anxiety levels went down you know um, it's like it just, they, they went back up today where um, the Secretary of Defense got fired because he did not want to use the military on US citizens um, that is a fireable offense so like Bobby I, I appreciate you, say, you didn't say no more you acknowledge the elephant in the room that Trump has plenty of time to martyr his ass on the way out um, and just take down as many people with him as he can.
1: Oh, um, by the way, when, no, no apologize for interrupting temporarily. Mike left the statement for me to read regarding that after you're done. Go ahead. <laughs> sure.
2: Um, so, you know, there, there, there's that bit of dread. But, um, you know, one of my best friends texted me about just, you know, his co- uh, Biden's COVID briefing this morning, right? Um, and I felt like everyone was so moved by it because it was just a goddamn return to decency. Um, just a return to a man who every time he speaks, he doesn't immediately blame someone. The fires are California's fault. The fires are Oregon's fault. The protests are Antifa's fault. There's always this straw man enemy that he can pin all the blame on and never be solution oriented. And so just the return to hearing a man talking about, I want our people, our country, our nation to heal... It's so low-hanging fruit. But after all the drivel we've had to consume for the last few years, do you know what a breath of fresh air that was just to see in here? Like, that's it, man. Like, um, we're the anxiety levels came down just because the fucking, like, it felt like you could breathe again. Um, and, you know, I give it, like, about another week before my existential dread about, oh, yeah, you guys remember the environment, the real enemy? the real uh, battle that's going on. We're in the uh, the sequel movie right now. where We've been fighting the wrong enemy where Thanos is creeping in on his big spaceship ready for the actual third act of this story that we're all stuck in. So, um, you know, hoping it wasn't lip service. That's all I'll say. I hope everything that pe- great people like fucking Stacey Abrams have mobilized to fight for, I hope that all of this wasn't lip service. And that we can truly, you know, once once the buffoon is gone, we can really, like, look towards the actual crises of our time um, and get to work on them, because we truly, truly do have the capacity to. We just need to fucking care.
1: Okay, um, and in that vein, Mr. Uh, Lavender Goom said, wanted me to share, there are still 72 days till January 20th, Our orange-in-chief can still cause a lot of damage. God help us until then. Go Syracuse. He did say that because, you know, we got a fucking president, apparently. Syracuse law. Um, I wonder... I I can't wait for the fucking kids to try to call me and ask for a donation. I can't wait for that. (laughs) And I'm gonna be like, hey, if he's the president, he should be able to milk the system to get you enough money without me giving you money. That's, That's my understanding of the last four years. Um... Okay, um, there's uh, really not a lot of a lot of MMA going on, but this card this past weekend, um, once Hillbilly Joe was done losing to uh, Arlovsky in the co-main event, um, Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira Marcus, that was a pretty good time for a pretty it was you know for, a pretty for, fun for like fight. for like two rounds maybe it went I think total uh, it went three three it was okay still entertaining okay. Um, yeah so I mean. I think we all
0: picked Santos, right? Did anyone did anyone get courageous and pick Glover? I don't think any of us did. We but just were so worried about how old he was. Which, I mean, in the beginning, you know, felt well-suited. Because Santos, you know, immediately found his range and just unloaded on Glover um, and hurt him really bad with some punches. And, you know, Glover had to sell out, went for a shot, surprisingly got it, and then controlled the rest of the round, um, you know, pretty convincingly. Uh, second round... Glover knew, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, I'm not going to stand with this guy. I definitely got to take him down. He basically threw a jab and shot a double leg, and it totally worked. Santos did not fight the double leg. He got taken down and basically controlled for the whole second round, ending in him giving up his back and basically getting a rear naked choke at the very end of the round. So, I mean, at that point for me, I was like, okay, I think Santos hurt him early, maybe blew his wad trying to finish him early on and just didn't have much left in the tank. Surprisingly, in the third round, Glover, I mean, Santos showed some improvement in that Glover tried the exact same setup, a jab to a double leg. This time, not only did he defend the takedown, on the break of the takedown, he hit Glover with another clean shot, dropped him again, um, and this time, you know, he tried to follow up with ground and pound to finish the fight, and I think that was the error. He he engaged him on the ground, maybe thinking having top control, he was going to be in more control, would be able to do some damage, potentially win the fight. Ultimately, Glover was able to reverse that position, get on top, and very quickly get that back again and sink in the rear naked choke. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a huge win for Glover. You know, we had mentioned last week he's on a bit of a roll here. Um, and in the standings for this fight, Santos was one and Glover's three. So three beat one. He's clearly in title contention. but well, as we I mean, know, and well, let's sure talk we about it. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's, the no- he's the number one contender. Wait, before we go into uh, contender, I, just, I didn't
2: want to break uh, Mark Stride as he was uh, kind of summarizing the fight. But did you guys catch the moment? Because it, it's what really made me enjoy that third round, too. Was um, going into the third round, they're doing they're showing uh, Tiago's corner, and you got the translator going, and all the feedback is, "I don't know how you do it, but you have to stop a takedown. Yeah, what the and fuck was like, that, and, I, and, Stefan? And, I almost then, forgot about that. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> it's just like his straight up coach is like, "I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you have to stop a takedown." But then, as you said, Mark, that's how the fight begins. He stops the takedown, and then he starts lighting, uh, he starts lighting Glover up. And then I didn't catch which announcer it was, but the announcer was like, well, I guess his corner was right. He just had to stop the takedown,
1: and that was it, apparently. Like, Dude, that was a tall order for the guy, Staff, Honestly, you haven't fought in 17 months, 18 months, and you're fighting, not I mean, old man Glover's old man Glover, but he's the, it's a number one contender fight, and you got COVID a month and a half ago? Like, I mean, that's a lot to really, ask from a guy.
2: It was a crazy fight, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> arguably, the first round was 10-8, Tiago. Mm. Arguably, the second round was 10-8, Glover. And then the third round started 10-8, Tiago. And then Glover finished it. Like, I've never seen such drastic, like, this guy's almost about to win, like, sequences in a fight that I can recall. Like, I've seen wars, but, like, every time it kept, it felt close to ending, like, each situation. So, um, yeah, it's tough to come back from, but, like, for a man who fought John Jones to, like, the brink with no ACLs, like, you knew there was ferocity in this guy. And so you kind of felt bad when he lost. And I feel like, you know, Glover, hit great sportsmanship at the end. Like, he really tried to console and give the dude respect because you could tell Thiago looks like, fuck, I blew it. You know, like, it was, it was a really nice moment at the end of the fight, too.
1: Dude, everybody likes Glover, honestly. He seems like such a good dude. Um, Steph just froze a little bit there.
2: Him on the list, Bobby, so I was thankful, you know?
1: Oh, uh, you froze for a little bit there, Steph. Go ahead and say what you said again.
2: I said I was, I'm glad you didn't read his name off the list. Um, the, the bad people list so hopefully it stays that way don't dig in his twitter too I hard was going to
1: say do you, me, do you want me to read the Bolsonaro list cuz that's going to make us all sad about the entire sport yeah uh, but,
2: but, but it's funny Bolsonaro
1: he disowned Trump <laughs> he disowned him he said he's like, just another guy now doesn't like 20% of brazil have coronavirus it's nuts the percentage there um yeah you got to feel for Thiago Santos he'll be back he's still young glover man everybody likes glover he just seems like the nicest guy i remember when john jones <laughs> Remember John Jones was doing that thing where he was hooking his shoulder and like pulling up on it? I remember they had like the backstage stuff afterwards, like the, whatever, it was called Embedded back then, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, Glo- John Jones and him were trying to like have a moment backstage, and Glover's just like, man, you dislocated my arm! <laughs> and John Jones is like, no, nah, I didn't, you're fine. And Glover's like, no, it hurts! <laughs> and I remember John Jones even was like, oh man, I feel bad, Glover's a nice guy. Like, I remember during the lead-up to that fight, John Jones was shit-talking Chuck Liddell. Because, you know, Chuck Liddell, Glover's Chuck's guy. But, like, because what are you going to say about Glover? Glover's just here. He lives in Connecticut. He's trying to become champion. That's it. <laughs> and he apologizes for beating your ass. Um. So, we're apparently doing, we mentioned it last week, Jan Blachowicz versus Izzy Adesanya in March. Um. UFC said some bullshit that Robert Whittaker turned down a fight with Izzy, and Robert Whittaker's like, you didn't call me at all. Um, Glover Teixeira is the clear number one contender at 205. I was, I mean, as judgment of like the quality of that matchup aside and the contender, uh, the matchups to make. I think we talked about this last week, Mark. is like, f- right or wrong, Robert Whittaker is the number one contender at middleweight. Like, it kind of is what it is. And right or wrong, Glover is the number one contender at light heavyweight now. Why do we got to wait till March? Let's just get some title shots for these guys.
0: You know? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier about potentially both those guys fighting and then taking this fight in March Mm. if they both, you know, retain their belts. I mean, and that's fair. It it might be a fast turnaround for Glover. I don't know. Um, I don't know where, where the guys' timetables are at, but obviously, last week, Izzy and Yon definitely seemed like it came out of nowhere, but like I'm not going to mince words. I, I literally talked about last week, like, Izzy, having been champion for, like, what, two, three fights, I feel has already kind of cleared out that division. And I don't disagree with you, Bobby. I think Whitaker is the number one contender. I'm not, personally, as a fan, I'm not super compelled to see that fight again. Uh, but it's undeniable that he deserves that shot. He he earned it beating Cannonier. Because if Cannonier beat Whitaker, he absolutely would be next in line. And I think Glover, it's undeniable. I mean, we just talked about it. He was three. Santos is one. You know he's right up there in the top three, and he beat the number one guy. I mean, he's, who was who was two Reyes probably, probably yeah yeah. I mean, okay. I, I don't know, I didn't see the rankings, you know, but but yeah, I think I think what it is is that both right now both divisions have a contender, but I, I think we all know like n- neither of those fights seem super compelling, and easy, and even Izzy and Jan doesn't seem like. Of all the super fights that could have ever happened. It's not the most exciting one, but it's slightly more exciting than I think what they have on their plate. And I think UFC is going for like the slight slightly more intriguing fight than the one that seems more earned. and it's tough. you know I, I, I do feel Robert and Glover both deserve the shot because even though Izzy's been dominant, he hasn't he hasn't range defenses for so long that he needs to get another you know another division title, right? Two away. defenses. I think it's been two, right? Because he yeah. beat who did he beat?
1: He beat he was took the belt off Whitaker, yeah, him and then and, he beat and...
0: Romero and he beat Costa, oh. which I mean, hey, two two great scalps to have on your help. You know, the the uh, Romero fight wasn't super great, but yeah, I mean, I get it. That that's really the the playing field I see is that you can have the the fight that I think is only slightly more intriguing, but because it's a super fight, or you can have the the champions you know continue to defend their their respective divisions. And I mean, obviously, Yan just won the belt. I think. Him fighting Glover makes more sense. Izzy with the rematch with Whitaker, while I'm not personally like super interested in it. I think Whitaker did what he had to do to earn it, and he deserves yeah. it. And I think that's probably what they I should mean, do. I so,
1: mean, Sometimes we're a sport, man. Sometimes we got to do something, right? Like I don't know. I I, I understand we got to sell stuff. Uh, so uh, I mean, for me, at the end of the day, if they if
0: Whitaker and Glover don't get the shot, I think that's kind of shitty. But I get what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I think an Izzy and Yon fight, I I do feel is more compelling. I'm more. Oh yeah, I mean the fight itself. Fight. Then yeah. the other ones, it just seems unfair. And it for Whitaker, I don't feel that bad for. He was a former champion. He basically he's only had one. No, yeah, he he's had two fights since he lost, right? And he, he won both fights. I mean, it's kind of like he's earned it. And I feel mostly bad for Glover, right? He had that one shot against Jones; it didn't go well, and he's been putting in good work since then, and including this like five white five fight winning streak. I think he deserves that fight. Uh, against Jan more than Izzy does because he's been in this division for a long time he's established himself he just beat the number one guy
1: Steph um I want to get your thoughts overall on the situation but also I mean I want you I want to ask you do you think I'm I'm reading I'm I'm kind of going too conspiracy theorist with my what I'm about to say here in that you know Jan and Izzy doesn't sound like the sexiest matchup but if Izzy's the champion at 205 pounds John Jones doesn't have a fight booked at heavyweight. They're clearly not throwing enough money at him or anything like that to happen. Do you think this is a way for them to get John Jones to come back by having Izzy be the champion of his division? That's possible.
2: That's easy to do it. Um, I think Jones is gonna stay coarse. If he's actually trying to just transition to heavyweight, it means he's putting on weight. Um, it Very means true. He's gaining mass if like if we take him at good faith on that. Um, so it's not necessarily that he'll be easily be able to cut back down. Um, We always knew that he was kind of seen destined to grow for heavyweight. Like as he got older, um, he always just had such a lean frame. So that 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 thing will dangle around. I don't feel like it's imminent. Um, So I'm not necessarily holding my breath on it. In terms of the situation, it's like it's the fairness aspect. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, The making yawn fight just because it has you know a sexier value. Look, the UFC has been very short term. And very short-sighted, you know. They kind of just press the hot action of the moment. Because uh, I don't believe they're hemorrhaging less money. So, um, they, they're. I'd understand it. Um, you know, they could just do both title matches. And if they both come out of it, then that fight's still there for them. Um, honestly, like, I kind of think if Izzy were to beat Jan, even though I said for the record, I'd pick Jan in that matchup. I think Glover and Izzy would make a compelling matchup, quite frankly, because um, (laughs) it would kind of look like this Santos fight in that Santos hit him with absolute bazookas, and Glover was still standing, um, but he got that takedown. And once he got that takedown, Santos didn't have it. We don't really know what Izzy has on the ground. He's been working at it. He could have gotten a lot better, but we haven't seen it tested, you know, so... Um, Just that it's the same appeal of why John Jones would be interesting, right? But then John Jones hasn't low key hasn't been able to take down anyone in a long time either. Um, Yeah. So,
1: you know, Izzy at 205 stuff just gives us a whole bunch of like, I'll watch him fight any of these people. It's just, there's there's a lot
2: of fresh matchups. And that's why Glover does deserve a title shot, though, because Glover and Jan is fresh, right? It's kind of, we all forgot that John Jones kicked everybody's ass. So, um, no one seemed that exciting anymore. But, Kind of whatever happens, I'll be good with it, you know. Um, I, I acknowledge what the fairest outcome is, but I don't often expect fair with the UFC. So uh, I'm not really mad at whatever they do in this situation.
1: I mean, also, uh, I, my understanding is President-elect Biden is going to ban MMA. So we're not that lucky, folks. For us So weird knows. that he would
0: ban it when in 2012 he had Dana White help him promote Rock the Vote. How weird, How how... how- Opinions change.
1: <laughs> Dana White is just—he's a whore. He's gonna just be a whore for whoever's in charge. That's how this works. Um, I was just looking. Uh, I like uh, Glover's on a bit of a former title contender ass whooping tour here. Uh, the last two. Um, these are not bums he's fought these last few. I mean, before that, Krylov's not bad either. Um, so yeah, I mean, five in a row, man, in this division. You know, we all wrote this guy off for dead a long time ago. But, and we all know, if John. I mean. If if that grand plan where Izzy gets the championship and they get John Jones back, not like the UFC is going to be like, all right, Izzy, fight Glover. John Jones, you wait. You know, we got to get, uh, you got to get Glover in there. I mean, the
2: real, the real big galaxy brain move is you let Jones go get the heavyweight belt and then he fights Izzy for the first triple champ fight. That's the move. We've had would... like 15 double champs now. That's not an impressive feat anymore. Who got three belts, Bobby? That's true.
1: Um, so, did anybody watch um, Corey Anderson beat Melvin Manhoff's ass? Anybody see any of that? I saw I how the it. end of it. Yeah, with the end where he was just bounced, just going Donkey Kong on him? Um, that was unfortunate. But uh, just give Corey Anderson a title shot, huh, Mark? Well, fuck it.
0: I mean, why not? I mean, what else is going on in that? Yeah, what are we doing? One thing I was kind of impressed with, I mean, look, we we talked about last week. This was a horrible matchup for a 46-year-old Manhoff, or 41. I can't remember what his age was, but it was atrocious um and we knew stylistically this was gonna be bad the only, the only thing i kind of took away from it was like i was kind of surprised how tough manhoff was because when uh cory anderson was doing the technique where you basically put your palm on the guy's hand and then slip it off and hit an elbow and he was just crushing this manoff's face with these elbows and manhoff was doing the thing like sometimes it could be when your face gets smashed in they kind of cover up and it's like oh my orbital's broken i'm just trying to like survive here, please stop the fight. Which, I mean, I think the referee did a good job. He was taking a beating. But right when the referee went to stop it, he immediately was, like, contesting And I was like, oh, I thought your face was completely smashed in and you were totally okay with the stoppage. I'm glad you're still tough. But, like, yeah, he had... I mean, this fight was never going to go his way. It just wasn't in the cards. You mute him.
1: Stefan Bellator booking old men against people in their, you know, prime... Just might as well be their calling card at this point, huh? Uh, I, I hate this I hate
0: this step that just reminded me, Bobby. What if we get Manhoff and Anderson Silva? That'd be so
1: good. Yeah, that's the that's the type of matchups. Give me the two 46 year olds together. That's what you're supposed to do. Um well, so who's I saw someone was
2: calling. Like, now that Anderson's done with UFC, he should finally do that boxing match. With uh, the guy Tyson is fighting for charity, uh, Roy Jones. Roy Jones,
0: just like if he beats Tyson. we're
1: going, going, on? On? The, going the, the winner of that fight gets to fight Anderson Silva. That's how this works. You know, that's, that's how we plan this thing.
2: Oh God, uh, Mike Tyson versus Anderson Silva. That'd be amazing. I'd watch it
1: with C- Cordero as is as Tyson's trainer. He's like, you, you,
0: you were my trainer. What the fuck happened here?
1: <laughs> that's the storyline we need. Is that soon? Uh, they're fighting uh, for I think the pushback i think it was supposed to be
0: november it's, and May- it's not thanksgiving november. they need people bobby they, well, gotta they make they, money. They had a press
1: conference and ariel hosted the press conference i'm like how did ariel Weird. get this job i think it got pushed i think
0: it was supposed to happen this month and they just recently said like eh, maybe in 2021 or something a-
1: ariel's been making y'all must have forgot jokes about with, with, you know the old roy jones song since about 2014 and i think ariel uh, J- roy jones is like he seems like a fan Let's let him be the fucking <laughs> the guy running the press conference. Um they they gave him a belt too for this Roy Jones John uh Mike Tyson fight. You guys see that shit? You seen the the fake belt they're gonna fight for?
2: I haven't seen it, but I will say Alistair Overeem has entered the chat.
0: <laughs> he's like belts, eh? Belts, no, I... <laughs> not only did I hear about it, Bob, and then I heard Roy Jones like I don't care what belt it is, I want it. Okay, what they call it? It was a belt on the line. I got to have it. And I was like, "Okay, I mean, I get it. These And I mean it, and uh Tyson like said the same thing. He's like, "Man, these belts are cuz I think there was a there was something where floyd said like oh having all these belts in these divisions is like ruining the sport we really need to like consolidate and just have one unified champion and then both roy and mike were like nah man give me them belts i want to have as many belts as you can strap on me and roy jones so, did say, "Like, once they told me there's a belt for this thing i got real excited I so, like, right, so right.
1: guys please I, I sent you guys both a picture of the belt because uh i, I want to make reference to just a level of fucking uh I mean, shamelessness here. I sent it to you guys on the WhatsApp chat. For no reason at all, it says Black Lives Matter engraved in the belt right in the front there. Okay? And then if you didn't get the message, they also put Black Lives Matter on one of the plates on the side of the belt. Um, Why?
0: Yeah. Wait, I mean, we're all
1: down with the movement here, folks. You know that, but yeah why
0: (laughs) did people that donated money to the movement is this going towards the belt because i don't know if that's what they want Yo, if you tell me
1: whatever the pay-per-view cost x amount is going towards that i'd be like okay oh but that that could be that could be but why is there a belt they're calling it the battle belt
0: it's weird weird. i just explained to you why there's a belt because these old men love the shiny toy and they got to get them excited so i i get why they're doing it in some theory
1: I can't wait for Anderson Silva to knock out the winner of this fight and just have the Black Lives Black Lives Metal <laughs> Black Lives Matter Championship with pictures of two guys who aren't him on it. Um, Bellator, by the way, back to MMA. Bellator's back this week with um, maybe their best fighter is fighting uh, Patricio Pitbull um, is fighting uh, Rafael Carvalho for I think he's got a few belts, so I'm honestly not sure which one of them he's defending here. Featherweight is what it looks like. Um, again, Thursday night card, Uncasville, Connecticut. I'd say we're sending Mike, but again, Mike is roaming the streets, pantsless, celebrating the president's demise. Um, I think this Thursday thing's a good idea. The more I think about it, just in the sense that at least it's not just on like a Saturday up against the UFC and Friday is the worst night for television period. So if they're going to just carve out their own day, which has nothing else, Marcus, at least it's something. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it, it's a little odd having a, like a Thursday card, but
0: at I mean, we, we Wednesday cards, It kind of makes sense. And I mean, now that they're under CBS two, they they probably had a slot to fill, and they're like, "That's this is going to work out best for us if you do Thursday show." So I mean, this is how the the cookie crumbled, I guess.
1: Um, so the UFC has a card this weekend. The main event was something actually, um, sounded pretty fucking great. Um, Islam Makachev, or Makachev, which uh, nobody wanted to fight. And when nobody wants to fight somebody, you call up Rafael Dos Anjos because Rafael Dos Anjos ain't scared of nobody. Um, unfortunately, Makachev pulled out of the fight today, yesterday, the day before, something like that.
0: Today, yeah.
1: Um, this is Rafael's return to 155 pounds, um, which he was the champion um, before some weight cutting issues and other reasons he moved up to 170. Didn't look like there was going to be an opponent up until a couple hours ago. And after Rafael Dos Anjos tried to peer pressure um, former Bellator champion Chandler into the fight. Um, I know I mentioned his name. Um, which I'll give the guy credit and be like, why would you take this fight on three days notice? It's fucking stupid. Who would do that? Apparently the color commentator for the fight, Paul Felder, would do it. It's still a five-round fight. It's still at 155 pounds. And Paul Felder has been training for a marathon. And apparently, that is the same thing as a fight camp to all of us. So he's gonna fight Rafael Dos Anjos this weekend. One of the toughest people in the fucking sport here, top five for I don't know six, seven years. Um, I guess Steph. They, uh, I mean, they gave me a matchup where, like, you know, Paul Felder's not boring. So I guess they achieved that. But I mean, wow. It's, it's <laughs> I guess tough.
2: It, it's tough on short notice, Bob. Um, but. You're also given a lot of past accolades, and guys don't typically get better and better the older they get. He hasn't been that recently. Um, That's fair. Like, whether he got whatever these weight-cutting issues were, there were other issues there, why he started dropping fights. So it's interesting fight. I think it's of the caliber, right? Because Felder, it's a short-notice thing, but in general, he's kind of a top-15-y guy, right? Um, he's Yeah, all... I think he,
1: might... he was getting pretty close, wasn't he, at one point? Mark? He's like...
2: one of those on the cusp of getting into the 10s. Might drop when he finally does, type guys. So, uh, and it's a credible action fight. Um, yeah, Felder, I think he, he has is number he reti- seven. Oh yeah. So I thought he retired, but um, I, I think that's maybe why he's interested. I think it's kind of a him. Like maybe I do still have a hankering for it's. It's compelling fight. Um, as much as it can be, you know, it should be an action fight. I I doubt this is boring.
1: Yeah. It's still uh, they had a one fight card, and they still have a one fight card. Um, I was gonna watch the one fight. I'll watch this other one fight. Um, I do really appreciate everybody being like, man, you know, way to Paul Felder save the card. And Marcus, when I hear shit like that now, I'm just like, hey, maybe if you put more than one fight, somebody people gave a shit about, the card wouldn't need saving.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in particular, this card is particularly weak, and it really was resting on that one fight. So I mean, in this instance, you really did, because even with this fight. I mean, now it's just like okay, well, I'm gonna watch this one fight, but there's nothing else. So I mean, literally, the it co-main start.
1: event is uh, the co-main event has got Abdul Razak Al Hassan, who was an interesting guy when he, you know, he knocked out three straight guys real quick, but you know, he just came off of a three-round, you know, fucking loss here that like he missed weight by four pounds. Like that's your co-main event. It's not like this is the thinnest card. I mean, I I, I don't want to say he's the thinnest card they put on all year because they're finding new ways to top that, but you know. Yeah.
0: And, it, and it's always – it's never to say, like, these aren't potentially going to be really exciting fights. We're past that point of, like, saying, like, oh, this potentially – when we say, like, it's a weak card, is like the drawing power is weak. You know, you like like you said, there's there's a guy on the co-main who you know has been had a bit of a run, but he's not a name value. These aren't going to bring eyeballs in. That's what's weak about. It. There's not a lot of compelling fights on here. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. Whether I don't what people are
0: fighting have... or not, who knows? This could be the, the most exciting card we've ever seen, but it's not going to compel people to watch it. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Steph. I mean, if people realize that we're not saying like, oh, you know, fuck all these fighters. What we're really saying is, it's on the promotion to pro- to get us to the point to promote for us to care about these fights. I mean. Everybody listening to this know that you don't owe the UFC a fucking thing. You don't owe them your attention, let alone your money. So if they fail to promote fights and fighters, that's on them, not on anybody else, correct? I mean, you need stakes.
2: You There's a reason random Tuesday baseball game in like July has lower ratings than playoff series baseball, right? You need exactly. stakes in sports and if I don't know who anyone is, if I don't see a lot of shiny, like, high divisional numbers next to these names, it's like, okay, you're not worth paying attention to yet, because your win or loss doesn't affect anything else that I'm aware of, you know? Um, yeah, they there could be a gem here, right? There could be somebody who goes on and becomes something. They could just be action fights, too, right? Because sometimes when you get two low-level skilled guys, it's pretty compelling, right? Because neither guy can stop anything the other guy does. So it, the, the fights might have action, but it's just like should i care you know um and the ufc's not great at that they get getting a little bad i've had cards i don't watch at all you know i've had cards where i i purely i just see the finish bellator right i don't seek the event out i don't actually tune in for the fight i i just god bless twitter and stream cuz you give me the one minute of content that I need. Um, yeah, you have to give me a reason to care, and uh, it's tough with these I mean,
1: you know how I watched this one? It was um, I watched that very long AEW show, which I'll talk about, you know, stuff we like. But when it was over, I'm sitting there, and, you know, Phil, who's been on this podcast, I believe. Has Phil been on this podcast ever, or we just talk about him? Anybody remember?
2: I don't believe he's ever been okay. on Okay, a I- friend
1: of mine, Phil, friend of ours, Phil, we're still there after, you know, Mike has left. And, you know, one of our friends, Drew, has left. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch, you know, this main event. They surely got to be on the main event. And we pull it up, and it's the co-main event. And, like, Phil's like, oh, yeah, I was going to eat dinner. But I'll watch, you know, the rest of this with you. And I'm like, no, you should go eat dinner because these two heavyweights are about to take 20 minutes of your life away from you that you're never going to get back. And that's what happened. Um, There's no reason. I I just, I parachute in for the ones I want to see. And until they convince me, you know, that one of these guys matter enough for me to watch these other fights, I won't. Um but yeah, the UFC's got a one fight card, Paul Felder, Rafael Dos Anjos, you know, some veteran light lightweights showing us what they can do this weekend. Um and I think we're a week out from the next pay-per-view, I want to say. Uh could be wrong. Oh, Random Marcos is on his card by the way, Steph. Trying to bounce back from back-to-back losses, something she does. Well, I believe weekend. she's
2: going to win because we know her
1: pattern. Um we got a two title fight Really? Two title fights? Next uh, card next week. Which somehow only has four fights on the main card at the moment. So that's an achievement. should probably do something about that. But we're a week out from Davis and Figueroa in the main event. In the main event? Okay. Defending the title against Alex Perez, which not a single person who is on this podcast that's got over 400 fucking episodes can point out Alex Perez in a lineup. Alright? Not one of us. Not a yeah. single one of us. Um, co main event is the second best female fighter in the world, Valentina Shevchenko, defending her belt against Jennifer Maya. I'm not saying it should definitely be the main event. Actually, yes, I am. It should definitely be the main event. Not, this is not going to sell anyway, but Valentina deserves it over Davison, who's been a champion for about 20 minutes. Just my two cents. Um, card is, cardist. Jesus, they want money for this? Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that next week. We'll talk about it. We're not picking Paul Felder versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Mike's not here. It's a one-fight thing. I I think, I for the record, I think Dos Anjos probably wins because he has been training. But Stefan makes a good point. Rafael's getting old. Paul Felder's still up there in terms of, like, you know, skills are still sharp. If nothing else, it's unlikely this will be boring. So, Mark, you got anything else to mention about this card, I guess? that's
0: No, I mean, that, that yeah. I, I think that the main event is still interesting for different reasons but yeah i think it's fair we don't pick it um and it, i think it's going to be worth like like you said to drop in and watch it but other than that i think your weekend's pretty clear
1: you guys know what it was like being a ufc fan like eight, eight, eight years ago or so maybe it was pretty much you look at all these cards now and you add up these uh all these fight night cards we get weekly that have about one fight that are is worth a damn you take all those fights folks and you put them on one card and we used to get that like once a month as a free card that was pretty much the difference. There were fewer fights. It was great. And every now and then you'd watch Dream or Strike Force or you know Melator, I wasn't watching that either. Unless Mark told me to watch Eddie Alvarez, I'd go watch Eddie Alvarez. You know. Stefan was telling me about Ben Askren. That was it. That was what was going on. That was that, that those were the that was the life.
2: Ben Askren uh, was must see TV.
1: Yeah. But that one FC guy had him. He had him. And then the guy just came back and just didn't make weight when they were going to fight again, and they didn't get to do a rematch. So <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what else is going on in MMA. I don't really care, um, to be honest with you guys. I don't, what okay. else would have been-
0: if you wanted to, okay. a little game we can play. Because so this is what happened this weekend. I, As we often do, mean stuff, always talk about it, things we like. I fell into a random YouTube hole. I saw a video that was, I was like, oh, man, remember this? I love this. And I went to tell Christine about it. And I was like, oh, have you ever heard about this or know about this? And she's like, oh, no, I haven't. I explained what the thing is. I told her like, oh, you know, this fighter person had some troubles after the fact. And she's like, oh, what happened? I was like, let me pull it up because I know some weird stuff happened. And then we spent the next 30 minutes reading off the rap sheet of this person and all the weird things. So what I was going to do, I'm going to start reading off his rap sheet. Honestly, like the, the gamey part is like to see when you guys can figure out who it is. But I think Bobby's going to be able to figure out who it is on the second arrest thing because this one was one of the unique ones that we all kind of remember. But I want to go through the rap sheet and just to see how often this person has fucked up. So, so, so.
2: Start with me again. What was the context of where this the inspiration so, for this? Uh, let me
0: uh, let me I'm start reading off the guy the person's rap sheet once. Uh-huh. You guys reveal who it is. I'll tell you the context. Of well,
1: are we supposed to just start guessing or do we say if we get it, I'll say I think I know. Uh, you can start guessing whenever.
0: you want to well, guess I, w- I, w- I, w-
1: I want to hear the whole rap sheet though. So I- we'll just say if we-, we think we know. Okay. 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 Uh,
0: so the first – so now I'm just reading off their wiki. This is the legal issues and arrests. So we're not talking about any of the fights. So this is just – No legal. Googling.
1: Hands up, and, you know, and that's why I didn't want to mention it before the
0: show, because if you guys read it, it wouldn't be as interesting. It wouldn't it, it, this is fresh. I already
1: have a firm guy in my head, I'm imagining. So unless
0: you it, tell me it, somebody is I, I am I like <laughs> you're probably close and not, not knowing at all what we're talking about. Okay. So the first arrest happened August uh, twenty eleven. Uh, this person was arrested in North Carolina and was charged with simple assault and false imprisonment after allegedly uh, assaulting their sister at a house party. Okay, that's in twenty. 20- That's in 2011, August 2011. So it's weird. The first little tidbit I noticed here, there's there's a certain month this person gets in trouble early on. So (laughs) one year later, August 2012, this person was arrested for allegedly uh, being found sleeping naked in a church.
1: All charges were later dropped. Okay, I I have an idea. I have an idea too, but I'm not. I I don't think it's the person I first thought it was. But go ahead. Okay. Do you guys want to give a guess
0: or read another one?
1: Okay, Uh, you know, let's make our guesses. But he'll tell us the rapsheet the whole thing anyway. Steph, you go ahead.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna
1: guess it's Jason Mayhem Miller. That's who I got.
0: Yeah. Correct.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. He had an MTV. Well, show. the sister thing. The sister thing. I'd heard. I'm like, did he beat his sister's ass? I thought that happened. Like, that you know. the
2: naked in the church got me. I'm like, who's yeah? yeah naked? That was who's it. I'm just like that's naked.
0: Okay, we'll go ahead and say the rest of the rap sheet. Yeah, then I'm but basically we'll the whole was I did. There's a bully beat down, whereas Mayhem Miller was the the guy beating it down, and I was like. I ought to watch this. I love this show. Then I talked to Christine. I was like, Did you ever hear about Bully Beatdown? She's like, No. And so I explained the whole show. And I was like, Oh, you know, I really like Jason May and Miller, but he got into some weird shit. I couldn't remember, but this, the in naked in church was one of the weird things. But there's a lot of things that we continue to go on. So one year later, after, you know, he was found sleeping naked in the church, the charges were dropped. So now we're in August 11th, uh, 2013. So again, every August, every year, he's getting in trouble. Uh, this time he was arrested on charges of domestic battery and was released on bail the following day. The charges were later dropped. So, so far, every year on August, some shit happens, but most of the time the charges are getting dropped. Fair game. Okay. Then we have August 22nd, 2013. Same year, two weeks later, Miller was once again arrested for a domestic battery. In the court case on August 26th, the two charges were combined into one case with two felony accounts of corporal injury on spouse. Miller pleaded not guilty his bail was set at $100,000. What's weird is they never tell me, like, if he was convicted. <laughs> I guess he pleaded not guilty. I don't know what the conviction is. But we do know two months later, October 9, 2013, Miller was taken into custody and was booked in the early hours of October tenth for misdemeanor contempt of court charged for violating a non-contact restraining order by sending a Snapchat message. So what me and Christine piece together, obviously, he beat his girlfriend or wife and a couple months later, he Snapchatted what he wasn't supposed to do. So he got a little slap yes. on the wrist. So that was in October. Uh, October the next year, 2014. Miller's arrested on felony domestic uh, violence warranty after. F- okay. So this is the five-hour long standoff with SWAT team. out. Yeah, I was watching this. Friday. This was the other. I was I was watching this. He was live streaming yeah. stuff too at the time. And then Miller gave live <laughs> updates over yep. the five hours via Twitter. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so I remember that. What doesn't make fucking sense is the next thing I read. He has a five-hour standoff with SWAT. Next thing, March 7th, 2015. So basically, five months later, not arrested? Five hours standoff with SWAT where death is on the line, no arrests, no jail time. Okay, I'm confused now. Okay, so March 2015, Miller was arrested outside of Barla um, in Laguna Beach, California and was charged with simple misdemeanor battery and resisting arrest. Video fill. Uh, footage shows miller outside the bar putting up a fight against officers same year october miller was arrested again after allegedly assaulting police officers Feb- so again at this point he had to stand up with the police five months later he fights cops no jail time or anything i mean it doesn't say here and then a few months after that uh, and so then after the second time fighting with tar- uh, cops in october 2015 February 2016, he's arrested with a DUI, which I'm like, okay, at least this time he wasn't fighting someone. He just got loaded and drive, which is awful. But that one seems like, okay, and that was in Irvine. Then in March 2016, so the next month, so he got charged with a DUI. The next month, he's arrested in Mission Vallejo after an arrest warrant for Miller was served. He was charged with vandalizing a Lake Forest, California tattoo shop with graffiti two months prior. Okay, this is the other thing I'm going to mention just now. There's still more. What I found really fascinating reading this was like once in the beginning, August is a bad fucking month for Mayhem. It's when he gets into trouble. He gets bored or something. It's it, it starts to cool off in the summer, so he gets into trouble. And what I really love in this story, each time he's arrested, it's in a different city. He never does the same crime in the same city. It's oh, and I mean, they're all Southern California, but it is... Uh, let me read. It was... Uh, Orange County, Laguna Beach, Irvine, Mission Vallejo, Lake Forest, Casa Mesa, and then what is there? there was one more in New Peach and Newport Beach, California. So I mean, I'm going sorry for the rest what, of it.
2: What, what, what you're telling me is you can do some like Dexter Big Brain, and you can predict his next uh, city of victim. So
0: many Southern California. <laughs> well, the unfortunate news is is that so he got he got in big time trouble. Like I don't know how the three strikes law didn't catch up to him, probably because he's white and privileged, but because when i was reading this christina i was like why the fuck isn't he doing any jail time or anything because it's always like two months later three months later he gets in some other shit he finally stepped in it big time where he got a uh it was like a vandalism charge where was it here Da-da-da-da. oh he he was at his girlfriend's house and he smashed the table he basically went loose in this girlfriend house so then he was actually when he actually had to do time the trial was almost a year long and he did. So he was, he was potentially going to get 23 years in state prison for his prior convictions, probate violation. But in July, he accepted a plea deal where he'd only have to serve one year. But all the time he was in jail in between the different court cases, that counted. So he only had to be in jail from basically July to September. And then he was done. So basically, he had to be in jail because you're on trial and they can't just let you run away. I mean, I guess he couldn't do bail or whatever. So he really faced like three months for like, all this shit together but that three months included august it did <laughs> but then, august 26 2020 here we go baby this year uh, like literally two months ago he was arrested um for first degree burglary and grand theft auto and now uh he basically uh he cannot get bail and his his pre-trial hearing was on september 2nd which was a couple months ago and i didn't hear how that went it sounds like he might actually face some, like, hard time now, but it was really just funny to be like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. I remember he got into some shit. He, and then, like, honestly,
1: man, it's like with him. I mean, this was all amazing detective work on your part, a lot of this, to be clear. But he kind of went off the rails. It was kind of sad to see, too, with that yeah, specifically. It, 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 and
0: he mentioned that in interviews, like, you know, he, he wasn't right. And it, it seemed like a couple times he, he mentioned correcting ship. But obviously, he kept falling into these pitfalls. And I, I'm not saying any of this because, like, I want to, like, disparage the guy. Actually, I really like Jason Mayhem Miller. I fucking love Bully Beatdown. That was a fantastic show. You, you know,
1: what's an interesting story Um, because I remember he had a thing where he lost his mind on MMA MMA Hour a long time ago. Right. Like, he just lost his mind. Yes. And Ariel tried to chase him down the street and Mayhem ran out the building because that's yeah, why, like, absolutely. Ariel comes back on the show and, like, is sucking wind. And he, Ariel talked about how, like, you know, when you're trying to become a citizen or get a visa in this country, you got to show, like – People have to vouch for you a lot of times, and you're if it's a work visa type thing. Okay. So one of the people that wrote a letter on behalf of Ariel was Jason Miller. No oh boy. Because he no, this was before. Before, like, he's yeah. Like, he's exactly. like he's like he's like Jason is always like I thought enough, but he thought enough of me. I thought enough, you know, and like right. He asked him for help because he knew he interviewed Jason a bunch of times, and it was he kind of just lost his damn. I mean, I, it's a substance abuse thing, I'm sure. Getting hit in the head this much probably doesn't help either. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Stefan, when he started this thing and he said it was going to be someone's rap sheet, I was so confident we're going with Jeff Monson. I was waiting for the, some kind sort of anarchist charges. I was waiting for that. I'm like, give me Jeff Monson. I didn't that's what I it. want. I,
2: did, I honestly didn't have anything initially. And uh, when Mark was like, Bob, you're going to get it? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I feel like my MMA history is getting fuzzy. But then somehow the Naked Church brought the name what? clear as day to mind. What, <laughs> what, you like, said? what do you oh, say? Oh, okay. That's, some to- that's, my, that's triggered my total recall now.
1: Um, I thought for sure when he said, he says, Bob's going to get it. I'm like, oh, it must, I mean, Jeff Monson, a political thing. That's why he thinks I'm going to get it. Um, I don't want to middle this. It made me think of, uh, there's a wrestler named Teddy Hart, um, who's a real piece of shit, member of the Hart family, but there's a Twitter account that just is, it's called is Teddy Hart in jail. Um, and every day it tells you if any Hart's in jail and, um, for a while, it was no. And then every now and then, Teddy Hart gets arrested. Right now, it's yes. For about a month and a half now, it's been yes. Finds new ways to get arrested. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, I, I do hope <gasps> the best for Miller. It was just interesting to, to go down that rabbit hole. Because mostly what I didn't know I remembered was the naked church sleeping and the SWAT standoff. And then it's like,
1: oh, yeah. Well, well is, I think the SWAT standoff. <laughs> I think because we were at the office. It must have been we were at the office together, whatever time frame that was. Yeah. And I must have been like, hey, mayhem's in his house. Lord it boarded up against, against the 13. police yeah. <laughs> yeah no i was talking about that so and then that
0: was the big stuff so I, you know he's a lot of his stuff is kind of like stupid petty one of them one of them was really funny like he got in trouble for vandalizing a tattoo parlor and then me and christine did the math he was like 35 so he was like so that's like if you went and tagged a tattoo parlor like at your age now and i was like yeah I, I can't can't tell you why jason thought it was a good idea
1: but I thought – I remember one during one of those things after he did one of those – I think it was that incident with the SWAT where like a couple – like a month later, um, Rampage well, was like talking about he was going to like try to help him out and like Rampage was picking him up every day to take him to train with him. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's really nice. He's an old friend of his. But I remember thinking like, man, this whole thing hinges on Rampage right now? Yeah. that's I, who we're, I mean like I love Quentin Jackson, but – Come on, man! Like I can't be the whole linchpin of this operation. Yeah.
0: So I thought that was interesting. I thought you, you know, me and Christine literally talked about it for forty-five minutes and got had a real hoot. Just you know, and I skipped over some of the stuff at the end. But I mean, ulti- ultimately, like you mentioned, Bob, it is sad because you know we, we do know that he was struggling
1: with. But I mean, he might be the world you. champion of. He might be the world champion of MMA rap streets, rap sheets, though. I mean, I mean,
0: you know, I was thinking maybe we start a segment. Cause I was thinking I could probably think of a few other guys that probably have a colorful past as well. But that was really the thing is I, I knew he had some some troubles in the past, mostly the SWAT thing in the, in the naked uh, church sleeping. But it was all these other things. And I was like, man, and you look at the times. I'm just like, why isn't this look at it? I want him to get better, and maybe he needs a little a harder slap on the wrist than just, you know, being able to walk away every three months and, and do something crazy again. But, you know, that is what it is, our justice system. I network. mean, it's, it's just
2: one guy making the argument for this is why we need the purge. You got that one day a year. You just get all that vile toxicity out of you because uh, he's doing it regardless.
1: I, uh, I, I, I— Mark wants to do this thing, Steph. You know the time is going to come where he's just going to say— um, you know uh this man's responsible for the largest securities heist in Moroccan history <laughs> and then we'll all go oh lee murray yeah lee murray yeah." by that, the way i mean if George, this is how George we're son, <laughs> If this
0: if is you how want, we're transitioning want a dark episode i go joe son cuz i'll get some deep fucking dark. oh
2: jesus joe i forgot <laughs> about joe he was a beloved side character from a comedic parody movie of the nineties to um, say is if this is how we're transitioning to being like a true crime podcast because those are all the rage um I guess that's fine
1: um I just let let folks if you don't know who Lee Murray is first of all, please Google Lee Murray and then uh, by the way Google Lee Murray versus Anderson Silva to watch Anderson Silva beat his ass in front of his people. It's great um the first three lines of Lee Murray's Wikipedia is possibly. The best of any human beings. Lee Braham Murray Lamrani is a Moroccan English career criminal, drug dealer, convicted bank robber, and former mixed martial arts fighter. In 2005, his promising MMA career was cut short after he was stabbed multiple times in a Mayfair nightclub at reality star Lauren Lauren Pope's birthday party. He was arrested in Rabbit, Morocco in June 2006 and sentenced to 10 years in jail. Um... For masterminding the armed securities depot robbery in Kent, UK, where over ninety two million dollars in banknotes belonging to the Bank of England were stolen by Murray and his associates. That's a fucking that's a dude right there. That's a man, that's a renaissance man of scumbaggery.
0: There's a story there.
1: He also dropped Tito Ortiz when Tito Ortiz was champion of the fucking world. That's right. Tito Ortiz was in dress shoes, though. It did not count. So is he a uh,
2: hero or a villain, Bobby? Jeez. Oh, he's
1: he's not a good person. He's an anti-hero. Yeah, Tito's just an idiot and a bad person. Shout out to the Australian newspaper who put the quote of Dana White's quote of "dumbest fighter alive wins." <laughs> like, didn't we? wins city council. It was even worse. There was like stupidest creature walking. <laughs> in the face of
0: the planet. It was like, all right, dude. All and right. I was like, I'm and I'm like, hand. Dana White
1: being Dana White being an asshole paid off so well for that headline. <laughs> um. All right, let's do stuff we like. Um. You want to... Let's let's say the Mandalorian for the end, uh, Stefan. Um, Marcus, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, um, this is a big week because uh, there's lots of video game discussion going on because all the consoles coming out this week. Um, so when you guys are hearing this, the Xbox Series X and S, I think, are coming out. And then on Thursday, the 12th, is when the PlayStation 5 comes out and personally you know no bias against xbox or whatever i've just not been keeping up with it because i'm not super interested in eventually purchasing the system so i don't really know what they got going on for launch but you know ps5 has a pretty good launch lineup with some i mean not even exclusive games but just stuff that you know will be exclusive to playstation that looks really appealing and you know the game i'm most excited to play because i will be able to play it on ps4 um is spider-man miles morales i've actually been finishing up the old 2017 2018 Spider-Man um finishing up the DLC there and I've really been enjoying it um and I've been looking forward to to Miles Morales' little spin-off game it looks really interesting but in addition to that uh Bug Snacks which is from the guys that did Octodad is coming out that's a really cute first person adventure game where you're capturing these little mashups of bugs and snacks and it just looks very cute and charming um And then we also have a remake, a complete ground-up remake of Demon's Souls. Uh, And Demon's Souls was actually a PS3 exclusive game that kicked off the whole Souls franchise. And what really made that game kind of intriguing is that it was not going to be released in the U.S. at first. Um, The people that developed it and published it did not think there would be an audience in America for a really challenging game like this. Um, after a really positive word of mouth from Japan and a lot of people just importing it from Japan and playing it in the States, um, it eventually did get published here and obviously exploded. You know, after Demon's Souls came out, they then made the Dark Souls series because D- Demon's Souls is a PlayStation exclusive. They own the rights to that. Um, so actually, Blue Point Games, which has been just like they are the top-notch when it comes to these remakes. They did Shadow of the Colossus remake a couple years ago. They did the remasters for the Uncharted series and the remasters for the uh, Metal Gear Solid series, um, and they br- they're basically doing a ground up uh, remake of Demon Souls, which you know visually looks extremely um, satisfying. But I think for me, and just to kind of tie this off here, um, why I'm still really compelled and really interested in the PS5 is last week. They finally had media give their impressions on the system. And we had heard about this when they first started talking about the PS5 and their haptic controller. And basically when they did the first articles, the guy was saying like, yeah, the way the controller vibrates when you're walking on different surfaces just feels different. It feels different when you're walking in sand, when you're walking on like a metal platform. And a lot of people talk about the haptic triggers where the triggers actually have resistance. And I think a lot of that stuff is really hard to convey in Word or just telling somebody something that you have to experience. So to have the media finally be able to play these games and basically say the same things and just have the general excitement from a new product in gaming that is kind of getting people as kind of hyped up as the controller is for PS5 is really reassuring. Um, And I think what a lot of people are talking about is there is a packing game for the PS5 called Astro Bot Playroom. Astro Bot's this little uh, mascot they came up with when they first made their video camera peripheral, the iToy, um, and a couple years ago, he came out with a VR game, Astrobot. Something I can't remember what the fuck Rescue Astrobot Astro or something. But that did really well. And I played it, and it's actually a really fantastic game. So it's a pack-in 3D platformer game, and it really does a good job of utilizing all the different features in the controller and kind of getting you familiar with what the capabilities are. Um, and it's also, from what I've seen, just a really fun love letter with a ton of fan service to PS fans, um, to PlayStation fans. They have little while you're walking through the environments, there's all these other little robot guys. And every now and then you'll see a robot guy holding a camera. And anytime you see a guy holding the camera, there's some PlayStation reference. So there's one where they basically had a little solid snake robot under a box. There was another one where they're referencing Resident Evil um, and all kinds of stuff like that. So there's a lot of fan service. I- I'm really excited for the PS5. You know, I, I don't
1: I think I'll be it, getting uh, it anytime. time.
2: <laughs> I should give it a voiceover by, uh, what's the name of that guy, Mark? Uh, I think he was the PS3 ad spokesperson. Like, oh, yeah, who was that, that? that, that guy? Like, those were a great run of ads. Yes, uh, that was a great ad. I can't remember Kevin... I'd like B- to see B- him L- be brought back and, into the Yeah, he was such
0: a great... He was a fantastic spokesperson. But, yeah, but, but ultimately, like, it's... I think what the Xbox is doing is totally adequate and totally fine. It, they, they're building a strong, bigger, better box than what they had before. And that's largely what PlayStation is doing as well. But I think Sony also... N- they wanted to have something on their system that kind of made it unique and special. And I think that's what they're really going with with the controller. And from all the first person accounts for like how it feels to use that thing, it is really intriguing. And I'm really excited to at some point get my hands on it. Um, You know, I don't know how easy that's going to be. But, you know, I talked to the guys before. Before I was like, well, whenever I get the PS5, I should definitely get a 4K TV and really get the maximum output there. So I was going to wait for a time where the finances make sense. But at this point, I'm so excited for the PS5. I'll do with 1080p for a little bit until I get that 4k TV if I could snag a PS5 randomly in the wild. but yeah that's this week you know new consoles are only come up every seven, ten years or so um, and it's really exciting. I think what has taken a little bit of the luster out of the last couple generations is the leaps just aren't haven't been quite as monumental as they had been in the past. I mean going from 8 to 16 to 3D with the 32-bit stuff to PS2, to the HD era, these are just, you saw visually just massive jumps forward. And we don't really see that as much. I mean, really what these new machines are touting is, they're going to do 4K. And really what, what a lot of them are putting their hats on is they're going to hit 60 frames per second. Which is, you know, people in the PC gaming world have been up in arms about having, you know, a better frame rate than 30 frames. And 60 is kind of like their benchmark at like the lowest acceptable rate. So that's kind of what the PS... Uh, five and Xbox are shooting for, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see people play it and um, see what the you know the next generation has in store for us. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Five hundred bones. Yeah, they're both the high ends. Five hundred, I think, on both, and they both have a cheaper version. I think it's four hundred for the discless version, uh, for the PS5, and then the Xbox Series S is like two fifty or something. It's kind of insane. It does have so, some downgrades, but it is a much easier bill to swallow so
1: the uh discless version of the ps4 ps5 mm-hmm. so like in your case i'm imagining the reason to get the one with the one that takes discs is just so you can play old games
0: yeah i mean that, if, that's really I
1: mean, presumably if you want to go i mean at this point i know you i know you so you're trying to go all digital at this point I, um, it's purely
0: uh for you ease of use like i think playing digital games is so much easier i mean it's really dumb to think uh, such a big hurdle is just getting off my fat ass and taking a discount and putting another one in but it is just one more thing you have to do that you don't have to do with the digital game but yeah if if really you're you're weighing the two one thing if you want to go digital i think there's gonna be a lot less of those so those might be harder to find and then really what you're losing bob is just like you said you're gonna lose all the functionality with any disc so if you have physical ps4 games you're not going to be able to play those if you have if you want to use the device as a blu-ray device or even a 4k ultra hd device you obviously will have to buy your your uh you know your your movies and stuff digitally i personally would probably go for the disc because i do have a large physical collection from last gen that you know i potentially would be interested in dipping back in but you know to save 100 bucks is
1: nothing to sneeze at that's a couple extra games you can get so yeah i'm really excited Uh, the new systems look cool Staff, do you care or you just want to get one of them? Whichever one you can, given the current you know Bruha. I think you're muted or unplug yourself, buddy. Oh there you go. I hear you now. Why well, I did, now you're again muted. Come back to me. <laughs> oh now I hear you. Okay, you got me? Yeah, I got here now. I don't know what you did, but I hear you
2: now. I'm a lump running around, uh, uh But um I I want the dis list. I'm I'm going digital you know um i'm less compelled to go to a store and pick up a physical media like mark i, I just play games more frequently when i could just pick us on a slider of games i have installed versus i gotta find the case i gotta put it away or i become that slob who leaves the disc out and mark always hated me for doing that with his games so um i just less clutter
1: uh, yeah all this stuff has to go somewhere guys
2: you gotta think about that um, thing too and then <laughs> one day it becomes somewhere. obsolete and then do i keep it do i sell it do i throw it away um, I'm I'm too sentimental. I don't want to turn into a pack rat, so um, uh, more so than I already am. Let's say, um, yeah, I'm going to this list. Uh, I doubt I'll get it on launch, you know. If but uh, whenever one shows up and I can pay retail price for it, I'll get it when I get it. It's it's a shortage yeah. due to production. It's not a it's not a limited thing. They're gonna be in the stores. People like I remember I had happen, last.
1: I I remember when the four came out, I pre-ordered it from a Best Buy and then showed up and picked it up. But the launch day was pretty straightforward back then. And they
0: say there's going to be a lot, you know, in the first couple of years. So there should be more shipments coming out. But they they also said that, yeah, they're not selling these physical at stores. You have to get them through online.
1: Well, no, apparently Walmart and Target you the day of you can order them you buy it online but you, it online, pick, but you yeah. pick it up in store they, up, they yeah. just don't
0: want they don't want people getting in lines Cause remember christian he camped out for like what five days to get a ps3 he made like no money off
1: of selling he's he still did okay he could have made way more okay because i remember like he sold it for like 1300 but he had an offer for like two and a half grand like 2500 like and he's like should i drag it out longer i'm like no it, it's it, you think they're not gonna have them for christmas of course they're gonna have them by christmas um all right um My stuff I like, I watched uh, AEW Full Gear. Um, AEW, one of their four pay-per-views a year. Um, Full Gear happened this past Saturday, and uh, the general reviews I've read is basically that it is either the best pay-per-view they've ever done, or it is the second best pay-per-view they've done, second to the one Stefan and I attended uh, their first show, which was Double or Nothing 2019. Um, I can say that in terms of ones I've watched on television, it was the best one. It is difficult to obviously compare uh, things you've been to in person versus things you watch on a screen. Um, but um, top to bottom, really good show. It was long. Um I remember, Steph, you told me you watched it. Steph's first thought was like, this shit's really long. He's not wrong. It was yeah, really long. I, I, I,
2: I, I, I kind of skipped through a lot of it towards the end. I was just kind of running out of gas with it every segment got at least a half hour like the ultimate deletion yeah. was like a fucking 45 minute movie and i'm like i don't got time for this i, I fast forward here's the hurricane oh cool I fast forward oh here's gangrel all right matt
1: like glad to see you get yeah. some work but like i just couldn't care anymore. it was just too long it was too hard for me. um so review what i saw out there uh kenny omega hangman page um AEW is far from a perfect wrestling organization. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect anything in terms of entertainment. But the long-term storytelling of Hangman Page, uh, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, and that whole thing—the pretty much the demise of the um, elite—is the best storyline wrestling has produced in the time I've been. I mean, since I've been back watching. Dave, it's long-term storytelling. They're making references to stuff like, there's levels to this shit, where like, if you've been watching all the stuff from like, the last three, four years, you're picking up different things. It's really well done. And, um, this match, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, if it wasn't the best match of the night, it was the second best match of the night. Um, it was excellent. Um, they beat the fuck out of each other, and it was only 16 minutes long. Um, I, Hangman Page is my favorite wrestler. Um, easily right now. Um, I don't just mean in terms of ring work. There's better wrestlers in ring than him. And Stefan, I've had this, and I've had this conversation a bunch. It's just in terms of relating to a character. I've never related to somebody as much as I related to Hangman Page. Um, really good match. Um, just, if you're only going to watch a couple things from this show, that's worth watching. Uh, Orange Cassidy, John Silver, just fun, fun match. Orange Cassidy kind of suffers from a lack of a crowd. So, Orange Cassidy, so that being AEW having, like, a thousand people or whatever it is in that big amphitheater spaced out, it helps with Orange Cassidy's gimmick. And John Silver's hilarious. So, just a fun match. Uh, Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes. It was nice to see Darby Allen finally ascend. You know, he'd lost a few times to Cody Rhodes. Um, it was nice to see him get that hurdle. It was nice to hear his name be Cody Rhodes, though. Um, he was, they were able to call the man his, you know, his name. Not his government name, but he's Cody Rhodes. Um, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. Um, the criticism, the main criticism, of AEW, at least in terms of people who aren't Jim Cornette and aren't just complaining about the existence of Japanese women and transgender people, um, is that they do not pay enough attention to the women's division, and that's a million percent true. They don't do a good enough pushing it, a job pushing it, and this match was fine. But I didn't care because they had the same match at the last show in a no-DQ match. And I'm like, well, why do I need to see a lesser version of this? Like, there's no point. Um, They need to emphasize the women's division a little bit more. I understand a lot of their roster is stuck overseas. But you got, you know, Britt Baker, Big Swole, Serena Deeb, um, Ty Conti. You got enough women to put this together. It doesn't have to be just a throwaway. Young Bucks FTR match that we I talked about it last week is a match that people have been looking for for five years, six years. Um, I went in there with unreasonable expectations. They hit them. It was one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Um, there were some cool things they did where, you know, FTR is the old school guys, So they did like the Hart Foundation finisher. They did the Steiner Brother finisher. That was really cool. Hardy Boys are more, you know, high-flying new age guys. They did the, you know, the Dudley Boys finisher. They did the Hardy Boys finisher. The whole story of the match was excellent. Um, The FTR guys losing because they broke away from their mantra of just uh, no flips, just fists. Guy went for a springboard 450, ate shit, lost. You know, I enjoyed that. Um, The final delete, the elite deletion was real weird. Too long, but it was fun. Um, They had a Roman candle fight 10 minutes in. And I'm not sure it was Matt Hardy's intent to hit Sammy Guevara in the ass with a Roman candle. Um, But I think we're all lucky Sammy was in the mud and he didn't, you know, light on fire. Um, And Stefan mentioned it. It's nice to see Gangrel get a check. You know, I'm all for the old wrestlers picking up a check. The God knows I, I the saw a
2: Gangrel at a uh, what's that shit called? The first Friday Slam, Slam. and I am yeah. like, "Oh man, Gangrel, what are you doing here, man?" Yeah,
1: it's like, oh, so I just, I yeah, it's nice. <laughs> the main nice when they get there. a check, yeah, get him a check. It's nice to see um, MJF and, and Jericho. Just a good match. Uh, Jericho is clearly going babyface, or at least when he faces MJF, everybody hates MJF so much, you kind of have to work babyface. Um, crowd likes to sing his song, you know. I like that I don't know exactly where this is going with MJF joining Jericho's faction, but my assumption is that he's going to turn the boys against Jericho, you know, and take over like The Rock did to uh, Farouk back in the day, Nation of Domination. And uh, John Moxley having violent matches on Full Gear stuff. Apparently, it's just going to be an annual tradition uh, where we're going to see some gnarly shit and his wife is going to be on Twitter real uncomfortable. Um, The Thumbtacks... Followed by him getting uh rubbing alcohol pointed poured on the wounds, which I mean, it it wasn't real rubbing alcohol, god willing. Um that was new. I hadn't seen that before. And somebody getting choked out with a bulldog choke while the guy's forearm was wrapped in barbed wire was another uh that was that was uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: Uh, this stuff's not my taste at all. Um, yeah. I might have thought this was really cool when I was a edgy middle schooler. Um, not my taste as an adult. If you like it, you like it. Um, not for me.
1: Yeah. As, as with all AEW shows, the thing I appreciate is that ultimately it comes off more as a uh, wrestling variety show in that the matches are all different. And generally when you watch something like uh, WWE, there's different styles of matches, but the general WWE style you can kind of see, unless you're gonna see somebody like, you know, uh the fiend out there, you know? You generally know what a WWE style match is. So yeah, it was a good show. A really good show, quite frankly. But match of the night was Young Bucks FTR, followed by Hangman and Kenny. Um, just shooting my just keep making my guess out here. Kenny takes the belt off of uh Moxley, is champion for six months, and then Hangman gets his redemption. But really good show. Um, Stefan. Do you want to talk Mandalorian, or do you have other stuff first before we get to that? Uh,
2: A couple of quick-fire things. Um was uh, my older dog's birthday. Um, y'all know I spoil her, so just always happy to celebrate her and get her a cake. Uh, Oregon football is back, and we uh, smashed a real COVID-plagued Stanford team, apparently. Um, I guess they were out there starting quarterback and star receiver. Oh, was that well. here
1: or, or there?
2: Uh, up in Oregon, no fans. Uh, so they just got cutouts there. Um Poor uh, Stanford kicker went 0-4 for 4 on field goals um, and just missed them every which way you possibly could. Close, far, far left. Um, his name was Jet Toner. ESPN had a nice uh, headline of the Toner's out of ink for Stanford. Um, good, good, good to see Oregon football back. Pac-12 is the last uh, of the major power conferences to go back at this whole uh, COVID-ridden season. Um I don't know Bob did you by chance see the Stanford Notre Dame upset game uh because the story about the aftermath of that game was Stanford let in no, no. like 2000 Stand-way, Stanford sorry, Notre Dame Notre, sorry, Dame Notre Dame let in like 2000 student fans Notre Dame upsets Clemson the Notre Dame fans rush the field and so suddenly both football teams ranked Like number one and like three, respectively, in the nation right now, are surrounded by a sea of students, and everyone's like, "They all fled, right?" What are the the, (laughs) going to be the COVID ramifications of this fucking clusterfuck? Is you were supposed to let make them all stand space apart, but they all crowded together because it was a good game. No one broke it up, and then they all fucking rushed the field, and I'm like, "This is a COVID nightmare." But um, that's football. Uh, I wanted to say on the news front, I was going to say it from stuff I like because um in my lifetime it is not a thing I've ever seen happen before and shit happened again today is the Trump regime is talking on the press and the news cuts away because they're saying a lot of bold face lies I did not oh, know the that Fox News one? That, I didn't know that was a thing that happened. It happened to Trump and today it happened with Fox News. The <laughs> we say bullshit the Tucker Carlson case no one believes that what he said is factual. That's why he can say whatever the fuck he wants on our news channel. They cut away from whatever her name's press briefing when she just started making a bunch of bald faced lies with no evidence of unsubstantiated claims. Dude, D- Steph, free.
1: that was incredible. And that was Neil Cavuto, Cavuto. Neil Cavuto was just like, cuts away on Fox News. Like he's like, oh, we can't listen to this. <laughs> like we're like, we can't. By the way, everybody got real bold now. People are like, oh, Twitter's flagging all this shit as like fake, and I'm like, where you been for four years, bitch? He's been lying for four years. Four years he's been lying. Look, yeah,
2: there's a lot of people who are front-running. There's finally standing up front of themselves because they, they know the big bad bully's been kicked out of office. But it's still fucking surreal seeing it happen. So, um, yeah, those are just kind of the, the big things from this past week for me.
1: I like hearing about how the Republican Party is uh, imploding among itself right now, where the Republican senators are trying to get the Republican Secretary of State of Georgia to resign, and the guy's just like, I'm not happy we're losing. But we lost. What do you want me to fucking do? I gotta count. This is America. We vote. (laughs) It's like I said about the man himself, right?
2: It's from the top down. You gotta have someone to blame. There's there's a scapegoat for every situation.
1: Um, alright. The Mandalorian. Episode 2. Um. It was just kind of there. For me. Um, and I did not like one specific part of it stuff on but you go ahead and lead what your issues yeah. Were. <laughs> um yeah i got you guys taste
2: i i kind of took away that i kind of disliked it a bit more um and it wasn't the totality of the episode there was fun stuff um always good to see amy sadaris you know re uh reprise she, she's a fun little character in this small universe um a really fun uh cameo that i caught and not everyone would catch was um, a cool cameo uh, for me. Is, um, I I pitched a long time ago on some year or two ago a uh, sitcom on Netflix. It's a Canadian sitcom, but it's there on Netflix, so I got to check it out. It's called Kim's Convenience. Um, it's a fun, really fun little slice of life sitcom about this Korean family with a very Homer Simpson-esque dad, uh, Korean dad figure. Um, and that actor, I think Paul Hill Kang is his name. Um, he was the uh, kind of ex- Wing pilot, kind of police in the skies, kind of shooting the jibber jabber. I thought that was a really fun thing. They gave him a lot of lines. Um, I looked up a story, a story from a Canadian newspaper. He talked about how he was always um, such a giant Star Wars fan growing up. Like he said, he said this cameo was the dream role of his life. Like he said, when they were uh, fitting him for the uh, X-wing pilot suit, he was just crying with joy. Um, and I can understand that, you know. Um, I was talking to this episode with my sister, and like when I was sharing that story, because she likes Kim's convenience. I was like, this is why I keep coming back to Star Wars, man, is, like, the movies can suck. They can make a lot of bad movies, and it's weird when you think about it. There's more bad Star Wars than there is good Star Wars out there. But the universe is so fucking cool. I always give it second, third, you know, infinite chances. So um, you see that there. But kind of alluding to what I really didn't like, um, yeah, it was another slice of, like, Monster of the Week kind of just one-off episode. Maybe there's some connective threads um, I didn't really like that we dropped the Boba Fett thing after the uh, first episode. Yeah, I'd I, I leave it room to stand corrected if they circle back to it, but it just seemed really like, I came to Tatooine, I, I was not looking for a Mandalorian. Oh, I thought this guy won, but it wasn't him. But here's another guy who might actually know things. So it felt like we would just see that storyline through. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's a spinoff. Who knows? Uh, I reserve judgment on that, but... Um, uh, my big kind of gripe with the issue, um, and, you know, I'll pass it off to Mark to see how you thought about it after. But, like, it was really just the characterization they did with the Baby Yoda. Um, you know, we have left it pretty ambiguous with what Baby Yoda's about, what his cognitive abilities is. Yeah, he's a child. Yeah, he's 50 years old. So what's that development? Um, but I just found it weird, the tone of uh, him. I-, I don't know if it was played for jokes. Uh, recurring gag? Baby Yoda keeps eating babies, you know. We get this frog lady. She So here's the thing, also. With this frog lady, they clearly establish that she is the last of her line and species. That's why it's absolutely imperative that she reconnects with her husband to preserve. Okay, like, so there's some stakes at this, all right? These eggs are super, super precious. Um, we have the baby Yoda. What are these things? They look delicious. He eats them. Okay, that's funny. Um, then, okay, he comes back to it again. Mom finds the tank is open, like someone's been tampering it. Okay, he eats it again. And then we go to this cave. He eats these baby spiders. Like, okay, he just can't stop eating babies. But then my big problem with it comes at the end. They're fleeing the ice spider monsters. Frog Mom saves Baby Yoda when he's in peril. They got the baby the spiders are climbing on him. Frog Mom shoots him away. He acknowledges, like he looks at her like, oh, this this lady just saved my life. And then we get a sweet moment at the end where Baby Yoda crawls into Mando's lap. Mando puts a blanket over him. Frog Lady goes to sleep, puts the blanket over her little egg, a little carrying vessel. You know, Baby Yoda looks back like, oh, she's embracing her egg just like Mando's embracing me. Then, whoa, I got another egg to eat. And I'm like, what in sociopathic behavior is this? Like, we presented the learning moment where Baby Yoda is like, Oh, things are precious. Oh, things are mean. Oh, this person's a friend. They're an ally. They helped me. They saved me. And now I'm going to keep eating her eggs. Like was it played for laughs? Am I just had to be too stubborn to be like that seems tone deaf. That seems like a I, weird character. I choice. mean, it, was,
1: it, was, it wasn't the end of the world for me, but I was just like, well, this is fucking weird? Like why would we do that? And then I mean, I I made, I mean, it's a joke, really, but like I'm just like is, like just before the podcast started, I'm like is he just not a baby is he just like i mean i gave you the comparison of nibbler from futurama i'm like can he could everybody understand him if he wanted them to is he a secret evil mastermind yeah is he just like got a secret mission we don't know about like i was like is this just? I, i really just went down the nibbler rabbit hole before this podcast started folks sorry yeah i didn't dig it at all i know you wanted mark's opinion so mark go ahead but i just i was like why'd you do that that was unnecessary (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the episode. I think there was a lot of things to, to enjoy. I, I did like the banter between um, the Mandalorian and the X-Wing pilots when they're kind of going over like paperwork and like, oh, you know, you have to have this signal up. I, th- I thought that stuff was just kind of fun, natural lore that, that they, they always sprinkle in their episodes. I mean, I too was perplexed at what the arc was going to be with Yoda and the eggs. I kept thinking like, is he like incubating them? And they're like, is there some reason why he's eating the eggs? and and also my other is like why isn't the frog lady know like this is like her fucking kids like you're not gonna take count of how many eggs you have in there it's not that many 15 like, like next time you see it you're not gonna count and see like yo three eggs are missing what the fuck happened so like i, I was definitely throughout the episode thinking like okay like is there, I, I honestly was thinking like, oh, maybe Baby Yoda's like saving the eggs. He's incubating them in his little Yoda body, and he's gonna spit them up, and they're gonna be protected or something. And at the end of the day, I step on. I think it was just a bit. I think it, and I don't even. I never. I never thought like, oh, like Baby Yoda's a, a sociopath because I don't think he's developed enough to know like right versus wrong. And it definitely just seems like impulse. The eggs are good. I'm gonna eat the eggs every time I can get it. I don't. And and that's what makes it difficult is like. Okay, we know Yoda is an intelligent being. We also know baby Yoda has been like alive for 50 years or something. So he's been around a lot. So like, is he just developing so slow he still acts like an infant? Because I would expect an infant would not know a danger or know when they're doing something bad, even when they've been yelled at to not eat the thing that they're not supposed to eat or put that in their mouth. Like, kids will keep doing that over. So, like, I didn't necessarily see those things as like, oh, like, this is... Aspects that they could be building. I mean, I think, I think Stefan, you're right. They could have been building the character to having him be realized that he is a conscious being that knows it's what's like going on. They
2: very clearly framed two learning moments. Like, they didn't just gloss over them. They showed like him glancing and acknowledging what the situation was. So that's why I find it so confusing. Like, well, what was? It's like you're crossing wires for me. Like, it's either like I root for Baby Yoda, or am I supposed to be unsympathetic to Frog Mom? And yeah, I last speech. It's like, am I supposed to not just? just...
0: Baby Yoda is just... I mean, in this episode, is purely just there for for cuteness fodder. Um, And I think really what... I mean, what I guess I'm taking away from this and analyzing it more now is just that he very much is a baby. Like, he only is retaining the most, like, bare minimum aspects of survival. And that's why, like, in the other episode, when Mando fires up his little whistling whistle missiles everywhere, at that point, he knows, like, oh, this is where missiles go off and I'm potentially in danger. And he closes the arc again for comedic effect. I mean, I think most most of what baby Yoda is there for is for fucking memes, right? They want to put him there with a little soup can, or he, he crawls over here and picks this thing up. I mean, I think that's mostly anything
1: anything life. Baby Yoda picks up is going to be part of the next yo, Baby Yoda action, action figure, figure, yeah. So I mean, stuff so I, I do
0: agree. Like you know, they potentially could have built a, a more interesting narrative around the character, but I think also maybe what they're showing is like, yeah, this kid's not learning things. He doesn't. He's not. Re- he doesn't have a respect for life and death. It's mostly just like impulses, right? Baby Yoda's hungry, so he eats the egg. Every time he gets a chance to he eats the egg. But, but overall, you know, I did with that stuff. I was, I kept thinking like, oh, there's more to it. When are they going to like drop the ball that he's doing? He's being protective or something. I was like, no, nope, he's just a kid that's eating the eggs. And that's, and, and honestly, it just seemed like it was playing for comedic effects. So, I mean, it definitely, this was one of those episodes that, and we've seen this a lot in the first season, like, the story is not really the overarching story is not really progressing here, and I think what frustrates Steph stuff is like even small character arcs that they could be putting in there to having it show you like oh baby Yoda is learning like they're not even doing that. So this was really just like is this a fun little episode where they get straight Oh, I was say, did they, you need did you need to watch the episode? It's like all? when the second episode point? of an eight episode show is filler. It's like that's weird.
2: Like I know Monster of the Week, but usually there is some thread, like some development of the relationship. You know, but like you're saying, Mark, it was a real stalemate. There was no
0: growth even in the personal relationships here. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, and I agree, it's kind of weird with a sh- a limited series. We're kind of used to having a narrative, overarching storyline be the main focus, and not so much like these. Like Bobby said, you can just skip this episode this week. You would not have lost the overarching story at all. But I mean literally just watching the first season. You know what episode two of Mando season one was when he fought the big monster with the horn and he got the egg for the the Jawas? Like, not really much happened. He had to fix it. There's always... There's decent reasoning of why Mando's taking these missions. He has to go find another Mandalorian. This lady knows a planet they're on. So there's always justification for why he's doing the random side quest he is doing. And at the end of the episode, often... Not much is really. He completes the mission, and that's it. He's on to the next step. But, but yes, to my to that
2: point, which proves my point. Mark the Mudhorn episode has Baby Yoda use the Force, so that's true. it's a it's a lot of nothing. But it's that slight tip of the needle for Baby Yoda, and that's my whole issue with this. Is like I don't know what the needle just did with Baby Yoda on this last episode. Yeah, I, I don't
0: think like, it did anything. Because I think what yeah. that episode shows is that like he does he does know when things are dangerous and people are in trouble. And he has the capacity to prevent and stop. Yeah, it. Didn't you think he was going to do something at any point during the whole ice spider yeah. attack? You, thought, you, didn't he expect- you thought, thought he would do something. Or something. And I mean, it, it definitely got to the point in episode. Where it's like, well, these guys are seriously fucked. Like, this ship is fucked. How are they going to fix the ship? And now that it's overrun with spiders, like, something has to help them. And obviously, you know, the X Wing fighters come and save them. And, you know, and I thought that was a fun scene. And overall, I enjoyed the episode, but there's definitely some low points. And I, I agree. I-, I see what you're saying that they could be building more on Yoda, but I think and maybe it's sad in a missed opportunity is like they're not really evolving his character i think he very much is just reacting to the most extreme circumstances which is life and death um and maybe you know and but you know at the same time we were talking about this before it is hard to judge each episode in a vacuum because who knows what is going to be in later in the season that could that could bring more light or more meaning to what we're seeing or probably what i think the more likely scenario is that it really won't i don't think there's going to be a lot of coming back to episode two for greater analysis in the overarching story. I think this was just a fun little jaunt where they got to use a weird creature that was just in concept arc for their original trilogy, um, which I thought was really fun. But um, other than that, you know, it was just, it was just a fun episode. I really, I, I didn't take too too much harm from it. Having this discussion, I definitely think your points are valid. But for me personally, I was just thinking like, there's got to be something with these eggs, and then he's just like oh, he's just eating the eggs. All right, I mean it, it didn't it didn't ruffle my feathers in that way, but I can understand like people thinking like this was a missed opportunity, and I would agree with that.
1: Um, so they're back next. They're back. No, I thought I was muted. They're back next week with another edition, another episode. They're not skip. Are they going to skip a week at any point? In this or we're we just going back? To they back only back to back skipped
0: a week, week last time because the movie came out. So I think that I heard yeah, they... the only reason why they may might skip something is I think Wandavision weirdly is supposed to come out and. In... In December and those two might butt heads, or they might just come out on the same day or whatever.
1: That's that's a. T- oh, I was more so wondering if they're gonna have a show on Black Friday. Black Friday's not a thing anymore. Oh, it's true. That's fair. Yeah, they probably will. Um okay, so um before we end the show, those of you who listen to our show when the pandemic first started and there was no MMA. Uh, will know that we did a greatest television show bracket, which we didn't create ourselves, and it was riddled with weird seating and a whole section that was wouldn't have as many as we probably wanted it to have. But if you listen to that those episodes, you'll know how hard I pushed for the show Jeopardy. It's because I fucking love Jeopardy, and um, the was it yesterday? Um, we got the news I think yesterday. I think so that um. Greatest game show host that ever was. Alex Trebek passed away. Wasn't a shock. Alex Trebek announced uh, months ago that his pancreatic cancer had returned, and it was stage four. And people who know anything about cancer know that pancreatic cancer I think has the worst mortality rate, if I'm not mistaken, guys. I think that's the one. It's right up up
2: there if it's not number one. Yeah.
1: um, So we lost Alex Trebek, and I just want to say that thank you so much for your work for years and years and it wasn't, I didn't watch every day but, you know I got Jeopardy DVR'd I watch Jeopardy, I play the random Jeopardy games I love Jeopardy it's a show meant to honor something that has become very difficult or somehow become difficult for people to honor in this country without being political about it This is knowledge Um, people who have knowledge people who have acquired knowledge and Alex Trebek managed to sound like he knew what he was talking about in every one of these things. And uh he probably didn't. But he was incredible. It was a it's a great show. I don't I mean he wasn't the first host, but he's been doing it for 36 years. I don't know who they're gonna get to replace him, but you know what? The price is right. Got uh got Drew Carey out there, you know, to replace Bob Barker, so I'm sure they'll do something. But uh rest in peace, Alex Trebek. And we also lost Sean Connery, Um was like a week ago, and I think we mentioned that, but if this weekend's SNL, I'd be surprised if we don't get a version of Celebrity Jeopardy with, uh, you know, Will Ferrell playing Trebek. Good call, and, that would make sense. Uh, um, I believe it was Daryl Hammond who played uh, Trebek, always. But yeah, I love Jeopardy, so, you know, rest in peace to Alex Trebek and condolences to his family. You're not going to find anybody say anything bad about Alex, Alex Trebek. So, you know, 20, 2020 gave us another kick in the dick after we had a good day on a Saturday. So, that was it. Um, Jeopardy, according to our bracket, top four television show of all time. <laughs> top four. <laughs> I, I don't mean
2: to be smirched Jeopardy after everything you said because it's all spot on. Man was an yeah. absolute institution of just pop culture. You didn't have to watch Jeopardy. Yeah. Everyone knew who Jeopardy mm-hmm. what it was. Everybody it knows was, you have to answer the answering question. In, the in the form of a question. question. Like we these are things are just fundamental to pop culture. Um, but uh yeah, it's why when we did the Marvel movie ones, I'm like, no, no, we can't just section everything off because these sections <laughs> are not equal against each other. Game shows is not equal against dramas, is equal against sitcoms. Like now there's a whole uh structure where we, we clearly you know just cribbed the uh, the bracket from the new day but, um, New Day, you fucked up on that one. That was not- a Oh, one. by the that's way,
1: correct. before Stefan says something poignant here, just know, the action movie bracket is coming. We are going to crib the New Day, and we are just going to argue about movies, because I'm going to get angry at everybody on this podcast when The Rock goes down in round two. Yeah, that oh, actually go one's on.
2: going to be tough. I feel like if we just each presented our top five, we have a completely different list from- Oh, yeah. It's going to be all over the place. It's so, going to be um, nuts. But, Steph, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. No, I don't got anything poignant to say. Um, That's all, you know. It's been a week, guys. It has been a fucking week in America. But um, to quote some guy on Twitter, live your life so that when you get fired, the whole world doesn't dance in celebration.
1: Woo, we all-, all had a good time. Shout out to the people I saw at Civic Park at Walnut Creek. Thank you. You're all nice to see. Shout out to the 15 to 20 kids with the Biden signs who visited the Trump supporters on the freeway overpass and outnumbered them four to one. Thank you. I mean, you I'm all look cool ABC about it too,
2: Bobby. It's just so funny to me is when I drive in my part of the Bay Area. Trump-Biden stuff on all those overpasses, but closer and closer I had to get to your guy's area, more of them Trump signs show up, and I'm like, that's why I left this side of the Well, bay. if we're th- well, th- I remember-
0: people, I want to thank Bobby for uh, laughing at the guy with the Trump flag, and when he confronted Bobby, he said, what oh. the fuck are you laughing at? And Bobby said, your stupid fucking flag,
1: that was great. Okay, <laughs> Stefan, I'll tell you the story where Bobby almost got shot, and Mark's the only person who thinks that I acted accordingly. Christine <laughs> <laughs> also enjoyed the
0: story quite a bit.
1: Uh, yeah, because I survived you know, it. Bobby, that's consistency. <laughs> yeah, I respect consistency in people. I I would expect no less of you. I really tried, man, to hold my tongue. Not really. All right, we folks. Bring, um, we'll uh, be back next week. I'll say it later. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll say it we later. Have a, <laughs> we'll be back next week, folks. We're going to talk about if Paul Felder pulls this one out of his ass. We're going to preview these two, this two-title fight card. And, um, yeah. Honestly, the week after that, we might just start doing the action movie bracket because I had a good time doing these before. So I want to enjoy myself, to be honest. And if the UFC is going to put on these – Cards that are just thinner than the orange man's hair. Um, I don't think it needs all of our attention. So we'll be back next week. Mike should be back. Uh, we'll find him. We'll put out the back call. I've had to find Mike before when he was unresponsive. No problem, folks. We'll find Mike. Um, We'll do that next week. Um, yeah, until then, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. And that was DJ Mark. God bless America. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Cheers.